your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 636 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And so for today, I figure free agency right around the corner going to be starting on Wednesday at noon Eastern time. And so naturally, free agency is going to be the focus of the week as far as what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. And the way I see it, we've got three more episodes before the start of unrestricted free agency here. So today, what I want to do is something that we've done every season on uh, Locked on New York Rangers is... We are going to take a look at the remaining New York Ranger unrestricted free agents. We've covered some of the bigger names so far, but we're going to uh, go through uh, some of the other names, the kind of second level, second tier of unrestricted free agents that the Rangers have, so to speak. And we're also going to uh, start what we're going to be doing later in the week, and that's looking at unrestricted free agents from around this league, players that uh, the Rangers could be interested in and players that could be a fit for the New York Rangers. And in some cases, players who would not necessarily be a fit for the New York Rangers, even if they're kind of being bandied about as, you know, potentially uh, being a target by the Rangers once free agency starts. And we're going to start with an episode or a player rather in today's episode uh, that has been getting a little bit of buzz. I think it's more fan created than anything else. Uh, But basically, I'm going to, uh, we're going to look at Evgeny Malkin here because uh, it sounds like talks between Malkin and the Penguins have really hit a standstill. You know, they've already brought back Chris Letang. Letang took a little bit of a hometown discount in the hopes that the Penguins would also be able to re-sign Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Malkin has seen guys like Brian Ruskin in extension, uh, Casey DeSmith, I believe, as well. And it sounds like uh, Malkin, going by this one report, he has texted uh, his teammates that the Penguins don't think he's any good anymore. And so uh, a lot of Ranger fans and maybe even you know a couple people that cover this team have floated out of getting Malkin as a possible free agent target by the New York Rangers. I'm not really feeling it in general, and I'm not even sure how it would be possible. Um, but I'll take a look at this as objectively as I possibly can and just kind of examine it from all angles and see if there's any way that uh, the Rangers could bring in Malkin. And with Malkin, you know, I, I, fig- I figure it's pretty easy to connect the dots here because you know, the Rangers right now, they need a center, right? We're at a spot where obviously Mika's going to center the top line. And then you're looking at probably Philip Hedel centering the second line as things stand right now. Uh, but I think a lot of Rangers fans and myself included are looking for this team to bring in a center. Now, whether that's a second line center or a third line center or somebody who's kind of in between, that remains to be seen. But obviously, you know, a lot of Ranger fans looking at Evgeny Malkin as somebody that can... Uh, obviously fill a need for this Ranger team. To me, there's a lot of reasons why this probably can't happen and several reasons why it probably shouldn't happen. And we'll, we'll start with the can't, and that's going to be the salary cap. I know we've talked about this quite a bit on this podcast, but right now, as things stand, according to you know various reports that are out there right now from people that uh, cover the NHL as well as the Penguins, the Penguins' latest offer to Evgeny Malkin was for three years and a total of $18 million, so $6 million per season. That seems too high 
for the Rangers. Once again, given their current salary cap situation, they would have to get very, very creative to even entertain the possibility of doing this. I think you're looking at a situation where uh, Nemeth would have to be gone. You'd have to trade him away along with a draft pick in order to get some team to take him off of your hands. So that frees up some money. And I would think somebody probably like Filipino would have to be traded as well. And even then, I mean, it's looking at a pretty tight squeeze. Uh, Malkin, you know, for frame of reference here, coming off of an eight-year deal that paid him $9.5 million per season. His next deal won't be quite that high in terms of both years and, you know, dollars per season, uh, but he's going to get a good chunk of change for sure. He's at a spot here where uh, he's still talking to the Penguins, and obviously once free agency starts, he can sign with anybody, and it's possible that, you know, somebody's going to give him a pretty good deal. Uh, I got to believe, first and foremost, that Malkin's preference is to stay with the Penguins. I think it's a situation where if the Penguins match the best offer that he receives in unrestricted free agency, that he will probably stay in Pittsburgh. So for starters, Malkin just turned down a three-year deal at $6 million per season from the Penguins. The Rangers would have to beat that certainly in terms of dollars and probably in terms of years as well. It sounds like Malkin, uh, for his part, would take a four-year deal with the Penguins at $6 million per season, but he wants that fourth year, and the Penguins have been hesitant to uh, go to that to that point. And, you know, for the Rangers, again, I can't see them uh, exceeding what the Penguins are offering him. I don't even see how they can exceed what the Penguins are offering him, once again, due to the salary cap situation. But to take it a step further and look past the salary cap Evgeny Malkin is going to be 36 years old at the end of July here, and as is the case with many, many players around this league, he's starting to tail off a little bit. I mean, he's getting towards his late 30s. Uh, this past season, he skated in 41 games, 20 goals, and 22 assists. So 42 points in 41 games. There's a lot of players in this league that would kill for numbers like that. But with Malkin, you know, excluding the 2020-2021 season in which he had 28 points in 33 games, it's one of the... Uh, more anemic seasons that he's had uh, really ever since he's come into the league. And I should probably point out something to say in his defense if there's people that, you know, really want to see the Rangers do this and bend over backwards to try to sign Evgeny Malkin, and they do exist. I mean, they're out there. There's a lot of people that are probably hearing this and saying, no way, no chance, no way the Rangers can or should do this. And I'm mostly on your side, but there are some Ranger fans that are all about this. They, they would love to see Evgeny Malkin, maybe even as a little bit of a middle finger to the Penguins, like, hey, we got your guy and he's going to help us win now. Who knows? But, um... I should point out, you know, something in, in Malkin's defense, even though he was a point-per-game player, you know, his numbers were down a little bit. He didn't always have the best wingers, you know, for the most part. I think in the playoffs, he was out there uh, with Kapanen and Zucker, while Sidney Crosby gets to center Jake Gensel and Brian Russ. So there's quite a drop-off there from the first line to the second line as far as the wingers are concerned. If Evgeny Malkin comes to the Rangers and gets to center a line with Artemi Panarin on it, I don't even care who the right winger is. That That's already an immediate boost uh, for Malkin, uh, obviously getting to play with Panarin. And you know, as far as who the right winger could be, could be Lafreniere playing on the right side, could be Kako, could be Krasov. There's another number of options. Either way, I think, you know, Malkin would be playing on a better line with the Rangers than he was on the Penguins, so it's possible he could see an uptick in production because of that. Um, so in conclusion, I'm pretty much out on Evgeny Malkin. I'm not going to trade away uh, young, cost-controlled players like Kako or Hedl to open up both short-term and long-term cap space for somebody like Evgeny Malkin and then barely be able to squeeze him under the cap anyway and be up against the cap for God knows how many years uh, going into the future here. I would rather have Andrew Kopp, honestly. I mean, Kopp is said to be seeking uh, $5.5 million per season for seven years. I mean, that is a pretty big commitment. It's obviously a lot of years, but Kopp is quite a bit younger than Evgeny Malkin. I think he's got a better all-around game than Evgeny Malkin. 
He can do more things, you know, power play, penalty kill. He plays shutdown defense, wins faceoffs. I mean, Malkin's pretty good on the faceoffs as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cop has already shown that he fits in with his team. And that's another thing. I mean, would the chemistry be thrown off if you bring in somebody like Evgeny Malkin? Think about how nasty these games between the Rangers and Penguins were this past season. So, yeah, I'm just not feeling it for basically a myriad of different reasons. I'm starting to think there's a decent chance that Malkin ends up signing somewhere else next season. I just don't think it's going to be with the Rangers. And like I said, you know, as this week continues, I'm going to continue doing what I just did now. We're going to spotlight different unrestricted free agents from around the league, guys that I think uh, could be fits with the Rangers. Maybe even in some cases, we'll talk about players that I don't think are fits for the Rangers, or it's a situation where I don't think they can afford certain players. We're going to look at a bunch of different players from every diff different angle, excuse me, uh, leading into free agency on Wednesday. And then obviously whatever happens, we'll be back to talk about, uh, you know, whoever the Rangers might sign in free agency after, you know, the window is open there. Um, so yeah, uh, that's pretty much it as far as Evgeny Malkin is concerned. And like I said, for the rest of today's episode, I want to take a look at the rest of the Rangers' unrestricted free agents, just kind of talk about, uh, you know, what they did for the Rangers this season, if there's any chance they could be back, what it might cost, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know the drill. We're going to be doing all that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about four months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so like I said, it's free agent week here on Lockdown New York Rangers, and we're going to spend pretty much the rest of today's episode talking about uh, the rest of the unrestricted free agents that the Rangers have who we have not covered in a previous episode. And just to give you guys the quick rundown here, in case anybody wants to hear my thought on some Ranger unrestricted free agents that we've already discussed on here, uh, the first one we talked about was Ryan Strom. That would be episode 623. We moved on to Andrew Kopp in episode 626, uh, Frank Vetrano in episode 628, and Tyler Mott in episode 633. Those episodes mainly focus on all of those players that I just mentioned. I mean, a couple of the episodes we 
get into one or two other things real quick, but for the most part, those are spotlight episodes where we focus in on those free agents. So definitely check those out if you want to hear my thoughts on those players. But today, like I said, we're kind of moving on to that second tier of unrestricted free agents, and we're going to discuss, you know, what they did with the Rangers and if there's any chance or any reason why they should be back uh, next season. And we'll begin with Justin Braun, 35 years old, primarily a right defenseman, although he showed that he can play left defenseman with pretty much no issues whatsoever. He did that for the Rangers to accommodate Braden Schneider. You know, when he was first acquired, they took Schneider out of the lineup, and it was Nemeth on the left side, Braun on the right side. But in due time, they realized that they had to go with Braun and Schneider. You move the veteran to the left side rather than the 20-year-old rookie, and Braun did just fine uh, on the left side. Didn't really miss a beat as far as, you know, having his play tail off from the right side to the left side. I really don't think that that happened. But Braun, like I said, 35 years old, Brought in as, you know, a true rental or certainly somebody that seemed like a true rental. And he has just wrapped up a two-year, $3.6 million deal. So an average annual value of $1.8 million. 69 games this past season with the Flyers and the Rangers. 61 with the Flyers, 8 with the Rangers. Six goals, 12 assists. He was also a plus two overall. He averaged 19 minutes and 32 seconds of ice time. It's interesting because his ice time uh, really dropped from the Flyers to the Rangers. When he was on the Flyers, he was out there for 20 minutes and one second per night. And then with the Rangers, 15 minutes and 52 seconds. But that's to be expected. That's just what happens when you go from playing on a really bad team to playing on a very good team. And I will say this as well. Uh, he was a plus two with the Flyers. The fact that anybody, we've made this joke before, but the fact that anybody on the Flyers this past season uh, was a plus, that's pretty amazing. And I think that deserves a, a tip of the cap in and of itself. So props to Braun for that. Uh, again, when this trade was made, it felt like the very definition of a rental. Uh, with everybody else that the Rangers brought in near the deadline, whether it was Cop or Vetrano or Mott, you know, these are guys on expiring contracts, but you could at least talk yourself into believing that, you know, maybe the Rangers would look to hold on to uh, one of these guys. I mean, certainly not all three. They wouldn't be able to afford that, but maybe at least one of them. Uh, with Braun, again, quintessential example of a just total rental. I think overall he did a decent job with the Rangers, and one of the biggest contributions that he made to this team, and I hinted at it a second ago, but his presence allowed the Rangers to take Patrick Nemeth off the ice and make him a healthy scratch. Uh, there were times this past season where I thought Ranger fans were a little bit too tough on Nemeth, a little bit too critical of him, but by the time it got to the playoffs, and you know it was just one thing after another uh, with Nemeth this entire season, gets to the playoffs, and he just was an absolute disaster out there against the Penguins. I mean, he just couldn't keep up with the speed of play and was taking bad penalties left and right. So I was done with Nemeth at that point. They put Braun into the lineup and basically never looked back, and Patrick Nemeth was a healthy scratch. Braun basically did the job that Nemeth was brought in here to do. Braun was out there, and he was basically just, you know, a steady pair of hands. No real flash to his game. Uh, no real offensive upside. You certainly don't expect him to trip, chip in uh, from an offensive perspective, that's for sure. But, you know, he's a third-pair defenseman. You just want steady play. Doesn't have to be flashy or eye-catching. Just give me somebody who looks like he knows what he's doing out there. Give me somebody who is in good position more often than not, especially from a veteran. You know, you expect somebody who's a veteran who's played in 100-plus Stanley Cup playoff games to be out there and be in good position, uh, especially when the puck is in the Ranger zone. Give me somebody who's capable of clearing the puck out of the Ranger zone. Give me someone who doesn't leave the front of the net completely wide open. Give me somebody who doesn't take stupid penalties. I think Braun fit the description of everything that I just said. But with all that out of the way, I don't really see any way that Braun is back with the Rangers. 
The only way that I could see it as just a very remote possibility, and even this might be a little bit of a reach, but I guess never say never when it comes to uh, you know any move that the Rangers could make or really any move that anybody could make. The only conceivable way that Braun is back with this team next season and re-signs with them, first of all, I think Nemeth would be gone. You, know, you would either trade him or buy him out. So he'd be off the team, so that'd be one less defenseman. And maybe there's a situation where, you know, before free agency starts here in the next couple of days, the Rangers strike some kind of a trade with somebody that involves the Rangers uh, dealing either Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist, you know, somebody like that. So now at that point, you know, if you trade either Jones or Lundqvist and you're free of Patrick Nemeth, then you're down two defensemen. And maybe at that point, you figure if you're the Rangers, well, you know, it's a veteran defenseman. He did okay for us last year. Maybe we could bring him back on a one-year deal, just kind of a stopgap option until we're ready to throw one of the young Ranger defensemen into the fire and let them play in the NHL. Even then, though, you know, I, I think I'd rather just go with one of the young defensemen, you know, throw Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist out there, whichever one of them would still be left after this hypothetical trade that I just invented. Or, you know, maybe a Matthew Robertson, you throw him out there. If Braun is there, he's blocking the path of those guys to get into the NHL. But I will say this, one more thing that at least leaves the door cracked for a reunion. It's a question that I would propose really to Justin Braun himself. How bad does Justin Braun want a Stanley Cup? Because keep in mind here, this guy's going to turn 36 in February. He has now played 119 Stanley Cup playoff games. He went to the finals with the Sharks in 2015-2016. Still has not won a Stanley Cup. So with Justin Braun... Would he take a, a pay cut and would he stick around with the Rangers on like a one-year, $1 million deal? And would he do so with the understanding that he might be in a seventh defenseman kind of role and that, you know, eventually the Rangers might look to go with one of these kids over him? Would he consider that? I think it's at least possible. But again, I, I still think the odds are are very much against uh, Justin Braun coming back with the New York Rangers. He did fine when he was here, but again, just felt like the prototypical a uh, perfect example of a guy that is just strictly a rental and will probably be on his way in free agency. But one at least to toss out the idea that, you know, maybe it's at least possible that he could come back. But we're going to continue talking about the rest of these uh, unrestricted free agents on the New York Rangers in just a second. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we'll keep going here with our list of unrestricted New York Ranger free agents here, and we will also have a couple of other things I want to talk about real quick at the end of today's episode, but we'll continue talking about the UFAs, and we'll turn our attention to Kevin Rooney, now 29 years old. He mostly plays center, can play left wing and right wing as well. Uh, Rooney has been with the Rangers for both of the last two seasons. He signed a two-year deal worth a total of just $1.5 million. So he's been making the league minimum for the last two years, 750k per year. I think Rooney is probably due for at least a little bit of a raise. Obviously, this is not a player that is going to break the bank or somebody that's going to command a ton of attention on free agent day. You know, if he becomes an unrestricted free agent, which kind of seems likely at this point. But you know, 
he could probably get to about a million dollars per season. I think he's played well enough that uh, somebody will give him a million dollars per year, maybe like a two-year deal at one million per. Uh, maybe I'm overrating him a little bit, but I think he's does a lot of the you know the grunt work for the Rangers and obviously a good penalty killer as well. As far as his numbers with the Rangers, going to go ahead and combine each of the last two seasons here. He has skated in 115 games with the team, scored 14 goals, dished out 12 assists. He is a minus one in that time as well, which really isn't too bad for a fourth line player, just a minus one in two seasons. He has also racked up 194 hits and blocked 82 shots. Uh, this past season, he averaged 13 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time per night. That was a new career high for Kevin Rooney. Uh, the season prior, he was at 12 minutes and 21 seconds per night. And he's also been at 45% success rate on the faceoff circle for each of the past two seasons. So not really a strength of Kevin Rooney winning faceoffs. It's interesting with Rooney because he was brought in by Jeff Gorton two years ago. Basically, I mean, I suppose there was probably at least something that the Rangers liked about him. But for the most part, the Rangers, you know, they made a couple of uh, really small signings when they were bringing players to basically just be expansion draft fodder. You know, guys that they would probably leave unprotected when the expansion draft rolled around and, you know, be able to fill their quota, you know, guys that qualify as being eligible for the expansion draft. And then that way, the Rangers don't have to expose players that obviously they don't want to expose. And, you know, they bring in Rooney, at least in part for that purpose, to fill out the expansion draft quota. And then, you know, a year later, the expansion draft is upon us and Chris Jury's the general manager. And Jury actually uh, decides to protect Kevin Rooney from the expansion draft. Now, the Rangers were actually in a good uh, spot as it pertained to the expansion draft because first and second year players are not eligible. Rangers had about a million of them. And on top of that, you know, a lot of guys had no move clauses. It basically came down to Rooney, Gautier, or who was the third player that uh, could be? Oh, Colin Blackwell, because he was the one that actually ended up being taken by the Kraken. But the Rangers were only going to be able to protect one of those players, and Drury chose to protect uh, Kevin Rooney. Obviously, Drury, you know, he values centers and uh, obviously saw something that he liked about Kevin Rooney. And it was interesting because Rooney, he's not very active on social media, but he did go on Twitter and post like a picture after he was protected of just like the skyline of New York City. So that was pretty cool. Obviously, it seemed like he was really happy that he was going to be back with the Rangers and that the Rangers thought highly enough of him to protect him from that expansion draft. But with Rooney, I mean, you guys have watched him over the past two seasons. Not a flashy player. There's almost zero upside. What you see is pretty much what you get when it comes to someone like Kevin Rooney. He's going to go out there play tough along the boards, be a strong penalty killer, and hopefully, uh, you know, just give you some stability on the fourth line. Every once in a blue moon, we've seen Rooney move up to the third line, but for the most part, he's been a fourth liner with the Rangers. He is a very good penalty killer. He's very aggressive on the PK, but he's aggressive without, you know, jumping out of his skates, trying to make a play and taking himself out of position. Uh, he always seems to have his stick in the exact right place, you know, taking away passing lanes. And as we mentioned, very, very good along the boards, which becomes even more important when you're down a man. You know, you're in a board battle while you're shorthanded. If you win that board battle, you get a chance to clear the puck and, you know, probably even go off for a line change. If you lose that board battle, then the team that's on the power play is pretty much right back in business and you're back on your heels again. So uh, Rooney, I mean, he does bring some good things to the table, especially when you consider that he's been making the league minimum for the past couple of seasons here. He does do some good things for the Rangers. Uh, you know, he does struggle on the face-off circle, and the Rangers in general have struggled in face-offs. So if Rooney walks in unrestricted free agency, then I wouldn't mind seeing the Rangers add somebody who has maybe a similar skill set for Kevin Rooney, 
because you're not going to be able to break the bank with a fourth liner that you bring in this offseason. The Rangers just don't have the money for it. So find me somebody with a similar skill set. You don't have to break the bank, but is good at face-offs. We need a little bit more success on the face-off circle going forward. I would like to see somebody who, you know, just kind of is brought in as a little bit of a face-off specialist going forward here. And we'll see what happens. You know, it's possible the Rangers signed Gustav Riedal from the SHL, and they might be looking at him as a potential Kevin Rooney replacement. Uh, Riedal himself is making very close to the league minimum. Uh, by that same token, Riedal could start the season in the AHL. Maybe that opens the door for Kevin Rooney to come back. I wouldn't mind Kevin Rooney being back on the Rangers, but probably only at six figures. Because again, we've talked about this quite a bit this offseason, but it's one of those storylines that's always there. It's always at the forefront. The Rangers have to save money in places where they can save money. And one of those places is going to be on the fourth line. So we'll see. If Kevin Rooney's willing to come back on like a one-year deal or a two-year deal and he's still only making six figures, I say why not? You have to run out the roster somehow. And, you know, he's familiar. I mean, you could bring in somebody who's very comparable to Kevin Rooney. Like I just mentioned a second ago, I think somebody on face-offs with a similar skill set would be nice. But by that same token, hey, Kevin Rooney's been here. We talked about how uh, tight this locker room is, what a close-knit bunch it is. There's familiarity there. Uh, Gallant seems to like him overall. So, if you want to bring him back at, you know, a million or less than a million, preferably, then why not? Go ahead. He'll, he'll basically just do the same things he's been doing these past couple of seasons. Won't be a superstar, but will be a hardworking player that does a lot of the little things. All right. Moving along here. Greg McKegg. I just heard everybody groan, but we're going to give him a fair trial, just like we're doing with all of the unrestricted free agents on the New York Rangers. So McKegg, 30 years old, mostly plays center, plays a little bit of left wing as well. Finishing up a one-year, 750K salary with the New York Rangers. So, like Rooney, McKaig playing at the league minimum. Uh, McKaig ended up appearing in 43 games with the Rangers this past season. Two goals, three assists. He was a minus 11. Averaged 10 minutes and 52 seconds of ice time per night, which was actually a new career high for Greg McKaig. Also had 50 hits, 22 block shots, 45% success rate on the face-off circle. I will say this as it pertains to McKaig. Between McKaig and Rooney... I definitely would not want to have both of them back. The Rangers, at most, should only be bringing back one of these guys because at a certain point, you get players like Rooney and McKay who don't really have any upside. They work hard, but they don't really have any upside whatsoever. Sooner or later, these guys are going to be blocking the path to playing time for young Ranger prospects, guys that they're really high on, whether it's Brandon Othman or Will Cooley or Ryder Korzak or somebody we're not even thinking of. You know, I don't want to see Greg McKay and Kevin Rooney making up two-thirds of the fourth line next season, and all those guys are not able to make their NHL debut and not get some seasoning and not step in and contribute to this team the way that the Rangers are hopeful that they'll be able to do eventually. So, again, I don't want them both back. If either one of them is brought back, though, it should only be for one year, and I think it should be done with the idea that, you know, whether it's, once again, whether it's McKaig or Rooney, okay, this guy's going to be back, but he's not a lock to be in the lineup every single night because I think the door definitely should be open for an Othman or a Cooley or a Korzak, one of these Ranger prospects to eventually push one of these guys, whether it's Rooney or McKaig, push them out of the lineup and into the press box. Look, if Greg McKaig wants to come back to the Rangers on a one-year deal at $750,000, fine. It, it's not going to hurt this team in any way. It doesn't even make a dent in the salary cap because you're paying in the league minimum. So it's fine if they want to bring him back as a depth piece and somebody that they see as, you know, 
someone who could be a healthy scratch on certain nights. But once again, it needs to be done with the idea. If you bring back Greg McKegg, it should not be with the idea of him playing 82 games next season. It should be done with the idea that some of these kids can and will be given every chance to eclipse him and, like I said, push him into the press box on most nights. And we got one more unrestricted free agent that I want to talk about here today, and that would be Keith Kincaid, who spent the vast majority, all but one game, in fact, of this past season with the Hartford Wolfpack. He is now 33 years old, which is quite a bit older than I thought he was. I would have guessed he was maybe like 30-ish. Uh, but yeah, Kincaid, you know, very weird career arc. Got off to a really good start with the Devils. Kind of just fell apart over time. He was on the Canadians for six games, got absolutely shelled. He's basically been an AHLer ever since. And... Yeah, just not uh, not starting goalie material in the NHL, it would seem, unless he has just the career renaissance of all career renaissances. But again, just, just a very strange career arc because he got off to a fast start and uh, just kind of tailed off very quickly. Uh, again, this is another player that the Rangers brought in for, at least in part, for expansion draft fodder. The Rangers need to be able to expose a goalie to the expansion draft, and Keith Kincaid filled the qualifications for that. The Kraken were never going to take Kincaid, but every team has to expose one goalie, and Kincaid was the guy that the Rangers uh, exposed. And so, you know, you bring him in, and he's an AHL, NHL swingman. He's kind of your third-string goalie in the NHL as far as that's concerned. Veteran backup, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with uh, bringing Kincaid for a role like that. Kincaid, though, in his first season with the Rangers, actually kind of overachieved last year, only skated in nine games, but had a 3-2-1 record, a goals against average of 259 and 898 save percentage. So the save percentage isn't so great, but everything else looks good there. And then this past year, Kincaid only ended up appearing in one game. It was at Arizona. Kincaid won the game. Uh, he allowed two goals and stopped 29 of 31 shots. But with Georgiev's departure, I would say there's at least a little bit of an opening for Keith Kincaid. You got to think this guy is tired of playing in the AHL as he approaches his mid-30s here, and I'm sure the priority for him this offseason is to get back onto an NHL roster with a good chance of sticking there, at least as a backup. I don't think anybody's going to see him as like a franchise goalie at this point, but at least as like the veteran backup. I think he would want to roll like that. The Rangers might be able to provide him with that. Uh, if he resigns with the Rangers, I think he'd probably be in line to be on the opening night roster, obviously behind Igor Shesterkin. And as a veteran making around the league minimum, I think it's fine. Uh, the one thing that does give you some concern is that he did not play very well in the AHL this past season. He had a solid record. He went 20-14-2, but he had a 294 goals against average and just a 904 save percentage with one shutout. And that's in the AHL. Keep that in mind as well. So that's a little shaky. And, you know, we'll see if the Rangers look to bring him back because, you know, he's coming off of a season or this, this two-year contract, rather. It paid him $825,000 per season. So maybe one year and another eight hundred and twenty-five dollars gets it done. And that's a spot where the Rangers could really save a lot of money at backup goalie. Or maybe the Rangers want to aim a little bit higher, get a goalie who can make, you know, a million or $1.25 million next season. I think somebody like Yaroslav Halak maybe comes to mind. We'll see if he would sign for, you know, that little bit of money. But uh, Kincaid's certainly still in play to be back with the Rangers as the backup goalie. That season that he had last year in the AHL, though, does make me at least a little bit nervous. But then again, he's played very well in the few chances that he's had uh, to play with the New York Rangers. So that's pretty much it for the UFAs. I mean, there's a couple of minor league unrestricted free agents, but I think, you know, starting in tomorrow's episode, we're going to have to turn our attention to some of the other UFAs around the league and guys that I think could be good fits for the New York Rangers. We'll take a look at that in tomorrow's episode. I also want to mention uh, the first buyout window closes at 5 p.m. tomorrow, which is Tuesday. So we'll see if uh, Patrick Nemeth is placed on waivers before then for the purposes of a buyout. Uh, we'll also see who else around the NHL gets bought out and Maybe uh, somebody that gets bought out 
is a fit for the New York Rangers. Obviously, if you're bought out, you're probably not coming off a very good season, but there's certain players that get bought out that maybe they just need a change of scenery, could be bounce back candidates. So we'll keep an eye and see what all these other teams do and who gets bought out of their contracts from around the, the rest of the NHL. And then the other thing I want to mention is that Alex Georgiev, I uh, wanted to share this with you guys as well. He went on Instagram and left kind of a farewell post for New York Ranger fans. So I thought we would uh, go ahead and read that right now. I gave him kind of a proper send-off in our last episode where we talked about him being traded to the Avalanche. But on Instagram, Georgiev posted a picture of himself uh, standing in front of the Statue of Liberty. He was wearing a Ranger polo. I get the feeling it was probably an older picture. I don't think he would wear Ranger clothes, you know, a day after being traded to the Avalanche. But uh, this is what he had to say. This is the, the caption that he left with the photo. It says, I just wanted to take the moment to thank the New York Rangers organization for giving me a chance five years ago. That's all I ever needed from getting the first NHL call up and reading the letter to seeing this team become a contender and make a run at the cup. From playing in COVID bubbles to having full stadiums with celebrities behind the bench, it's really been a journey full of memories. And even if that journey wasn't always smooth, it's been an honor putting on that jersey. Thank you to all the staff at the arenas who made you feel like part of a family. And big thank you to all the Rangers fans who were so passionate. It was incredible playing in front of you all. So that's really cool. Obviously, Alex Yorgia with a heartfelt goodbye to the New York Rangers. Look, he wants to be a starter. I totally get that. And he's got his wish. And not only does he get his wish, but he's going to get to play with the defending Stanley Cup champions. Not a bad landing spot for Alex Georgiev, who, by the way, also signed a contract extension. Three years worth $3.4 million per season. The other bit of news as far as Rangerland is concerned is that the Rangers development camp has begun today, this morning. It is Monday as I'm recording this. It is underway. All the young New York Ranger players and prospects are there. You know, they're scrimmaging, doing a bunch of drills, doing what they do. And, uh... My understanding, you know, I have the list of uh, all the players in front of me, and you guys can look that up. I actually retweeted it the other day. But I believe all six players drafted in this year's draft by the Rangers are attending, as are a lot of the other prominent prospects for this team. So very, very exciting. Cool to see, uh, you know, a form of Ranger hockey happening right now in July. Good stuff, and that's something that we'll talk about going forward as well. But like I said, I think most of the focus is going to have to be on free agency, which starts in about two days here, almost two days to the minute as I'm recording this. So... Definitely looking forward to that. And uh, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel on YouTube. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.